Hello, and welcome to Not For Nothing. I'm Kyle Leon Henderson, and I have a special treat today for you. I have filmmaker Florent Cognac, or as I call him, Flo, because he's my personal friend. Flo, the filmmaker. Hi. Hello, everybody. So how are you? Doing good. Just uh, just settled in with my girlfriend. Um, mm-hmm. to our... Who also happens to be the guest from two weeks ago, Michelle Castle, the makeup artist and also one of my best friends in the whole world. And through her, I got to know you. And That's now true. you're one of my closest friends in the whole world, too. Same so here. There we are. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to have you on. Well, thank you. And you hear his accent. Uh, he is from France. What? Where are you from in France? Um, so I'm from a small city, um, or technically a village. It's called Montmiral, but it's near. Montmiral. Uh, yes. That's Did correct. I say it right? Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, so it's near a um, small city called Valence, and Valence mm. is um, uh, next to uh, one of the uh, biggest cities in France called Lyon. So if I say Lyon, Lyon nearby Lyon, it's like an hour from Lyon. Everybody. Lyon should. is my favorite city in all of France. Really. It's just because that's my middle name, so I'm assuming it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I guess you could say that. Um, but it's considered the city of lights. Oh, um, really? Because that's where the uh, Lumiere brothers are from. Oh, wow. That's yeah. I, Well, then I'm going to have to go see it. Because eventually, I'm going to go to France with you and Michelle. Yeah, Ethan I hope and I so. We're going to take a trip to France, and you're going to show me the south of France. Because I've only been one time years ago to Paris um, and Versailles. But that's essentially the same thing, right? <laughs> uh, yes, yes. It's, it's, it's outside there. of Paris, but it's it's Paris. It's that's all correct. Paris. But um, yeah, I'll, that's all I've ever seen. So I'm dying to go to the south of France and see it and everything. So what brought you to America? Why, why here? Um, well, so I used to um, I used to work. Uh, once I finished high school, I used to work in animation for over a year and um i used to work on a studio um animation studio um for um, a netflix um uh, show called scalanders uh, the first season and it was really fun but it was and it was close to what i want to do and i want to work for a long time in entertainment mm-hmm. but um the problem with animation was it was behind a desk um yeah all the time it, and it's nice you know i learned a lot of stuff and i love animation i love um all of that kind of stuff but it, you're just sitting 24 7 behind a desk and i thought i wanted something that is a bit more challenging um so uh while i was working in animation i i did a um a um part part-time work part-time class um study uh, that allowed me to start to study film in france in another city called chambéry and um, it was really nice. And then at the end of that, um, I started to sign up for um, a school here in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, to study film here because I realized one thing when I was working in animation. Everybody that would come from Disney L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Disney Animation here in L.A. or DreamWorks here in, uh, in the U.S. Um, would have a free ticket to work in these big uh, French companies. Because mm. um, usually in animation you have to pass a test in order to see if you're good. Yeah. Uh, and if you have a good um, a good grade, um, well, uh, you get accepted and you can work for that company. But these people had a free ticket; they would just go there and work. Yeah. So I thought, what if I would go in the U.S., have some experience, come back mm-hmm. to France, and have my so free ticket? Moving to the U.S. was never like a lifelong dream for you. No, because you always hear that. I mean, actually, I have several friends. They don't live here and they're just dying to get here and I'm just like and they're like what what can I do I'm like I know nothing about immigration or student visas or green cards I don't know any of that stuff so yeah, it's a pain but yes. um, it's all but it just seems like everybody's like I'm just it's always been my dream to live in America and that's not the case for you I guess you've you no. wanted to do entertainment you wanted to do that so I will say that th- since I knew you animation's not something that you've talked about too much that you want to do. Is that still something on your radar that you want to do? Or is that something that you sort of did then and it kind of led you to the next phase and that's where you are now? You're a filmmaker. Um, well, maybe one day I would like to go back to it, but mm-hmm. maybe try to direct an animation film. What was it? Um, was it? What's the... <laughs> 
I'm I'm losing all my names today. Um, the the director with the glasses and the big bushy eyebrows, he directed Hugo the cartoon. Oh, uh, I don't have his I don't have his name <laughs> in mind. Um, oh my god! But I I see who you're talking. But to. like he he was he's this huge like he directed all these mafioso films and then he just went and did a cartoon and yeah. it was the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life. Um. So yeah, you just there's no limits. There's no. I mean even in Steven Spielberg, he did a lot of cartoons in the nineties. Yeah. Um there's just I that's and that's what I like about you, just as a person and as an inspiration in my life. You you really don't put yourself in a box. Oh, thank you. So you you're interested in your interests are vast and wide. Well, you so. know, I just started to um to do uh, finally what I lo- wanted to do all my life, and um, I'm gonna try as much um um you know stuff as I can because I just I want to find my limits. I want to see what I'm good at and what I suck at. Mm-hmm. So I feel like by if I could try different, um, you know, different genres, um, different projects and all that, I can I can learn myself. I can figure it out who I am and what I like to do when I'm mm-hmm. good at and figure out my skills. Um, and um, so I, kn- I maybe I'd love one day to try to direct um, an animation film and see if I'm actually good at or mm-hmm. if I suck because animation is different from, you know, feature films. Right. So Like you said, it's behind a desk. And I'm sorry for pulling out my phone, but I You're now fine. know that who I was trying to think of was Martin Scorsese. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, that's correct. <laughs> and anybody who listens to the show is probably like, Martin Scorsese, Martin Scorsese. And I'm like, I couldn't hear you. <laughs> I, I had to Google it myself. But, um, so yeah, and so you've been in America for almost five years, years. almost five years now. Mm -hmm. So, and you've been with Michelle for just over a year. It'll be two years this November. Okay. So getting close to a year and a half. Yeah. And I knew Michelle before you and Mm -hmm. I know Michelle after you and I know that Michelle is very happy. So thank you for making my best friend happy and I hope she makes you happy. She does. we are sitting in your new apartment because... Mm -hmm. Things are evolving with COVID and things are getting better. We can see each other in limited capacities. That's true. And so everything just seems to be going well for you, huh, Mr. Cognac? <laughs> uh, so far, so good. And hopefully it gets better and better. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I'll say this. It was definitely a tough year. Um, oh, yeah. Either between my visa or um, op- job opportunities. Because I was mm-hmm. just... Um, last year was supposed to be my year where I would kind of figure out, you know, how I would get a job or mm-hmm. start something at the bottom of like bigger productions. Yeah. And I was it talking didn't with happen. Uh, Michelle on the last episode or the last episode I did with her that it's very different. And, and we do take it for granted that if I like I've, I've worked there, you've known since you've known me, I've had three different jobs. Um, just as day jobs. And yeah, if I lose this job, I can just go apply for any job I want. And that's not the case for a student visa. So that's interesting dynamics and nuanced things you have to figure out, but we won't talk about any of that because I, there's so much going well in life right now. That's true. And two, um, we came over, Ethan and I came over on Monday. This is Thursday. We're recording. We came over on Monday Mm -hmm. and you and I had the opportunity to go down to the hot tub and sit in the hot tub and just kind of chat and discuss right. our lives. And I just want to do more of that. I want to know more about you that I don't know yet. Okay. Like sure. what was, what was your life like growing up in, in, um, France? Um, <laughs> I where you come from. Yeah. In France. Um, well, so, um, so I'm from a small village, um, and um, so my uh, parents' house is like out in the field. Um, so we always had the chance to um, enjoy uh, Mother Nature, if I can say. And mm-hmm. it was it was very stress free. I grew up in a place where um, so it wasn't like a city like this. It no. was very like there was no sidewalks and stuff like that. No. Country roads. Yeah. So you grew up like I grew up. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> And I think it has an impact on who you become later, Mm -hmm. you know? I think you have an appreciation for the city, and you don't take it for granted. Yeah. So. That's very true. And I I would say this, um, it definitely um, helped me, uh, I think, become a better person, just because Mm -hmm. 
Um, when you have more space to grow up in, uh, it allows you to appreciate, um, you know, and, and be who you want to be without having to think about the limitations of other people. Because, yeah. you know, what's one of the things that you learn when you grow up with parents or reasonable mm -hmm. parents is, you know, um, your rights end up where um, someone else's rights start. You got to think yeah. about other people when you're living in a society and all of that stuff. So, so does um, where you come from, is it sort of a habit of people to just kind of stay and be, grow up, you know, raise a family near their family that they grew up in in that city too. Cause uh -huh. that is the nature of where I grew up. Like all of my people, like I'm one of maybe three, four people who moved to a different state from the people that I graduated high school with. Everybody else just kind of stayed in the same area and got married, had babies and, like, like I was talking the other day, there's a girl that's a year older than me in school mm -hmm. whose child is now going into high school. And I was like, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> but that's because that's what they did. They they go and they have babies and that's their life. And yeah, I, like you, was like, what else is out there? Let's go <laughs> see it. <laughs> well, you know, um, well, I'll say this first. France is like the size of California. So yeah. even if, um, for example, I would decide to move to north of France, I would only be seven hours away from uh, mm -hmm. my parents or like eight hours away, um, you know. So it's not that far. So people don't necessarily mind moving uh, yeah. north or south because either way, you like uh, you take the train and you're like seven hours away in the mm -hmm. train, you know, and trains are faster than a car in, in, in yeah. Europe. So And see, where I grew up in Alabama... From the top, because the northern border is Tennessee and the southern border is Florida, it takes seven hours to drive that. There you go. For just one state. It took me and Ethan two and a half days to drive from Alabama to here. Damn. So <laughs> it's, uh, oh, sorry. Am I not supposed to curse? No, you can, you can okay. say whatever you want. It's, uh, it's an, it, I always give it an explicit rating. So, okay. Everybody yeah. knows. You can say whatever that's you good. want. That's um, good. But, um, yeah. So, um, again, that's not a serious thing. And I know a bunch of friends where, their um, grandparents are from north and village mm -hmm. south where I'm from and stuff like that. So that's not necessarily a thing, but um, but uh, I would say this: once people settle in, they tend to stay where they are. So, mm -hmm. for example, um, if I would be in a, in a relationship in France and me and my girlfriend would decide to live in, in our city, we would get there and we'd probably stay there. Mm -hmm. It's rare that once we settle in, we're like, no, never mind. And move somewhere else. And I feel like you probably meet so many people who have lived, you know, here and in New York and probably went to Oregon and lived in Portland. And some people went to Austin, I'm sure, yeah. because that's a big film city and Atlanta's getting to be a bigger city. And you probably know somebody who's lived in all those places all over. And they're so different. They're like thousands of miles away from each other. That's right. And um, that's just the nature of. America sometimes <laughs> is like we're just like whatever move and that Ethan and I did it we were like we're done with New York see ya yeah. we're going to California and that's just I guess that's different um yeah than Europeans it's it's true it's true but you know it's because um overall the the, um, the way of life mm -hmm. between Europe and the U.S. is very different um just because um here, um, I notice people tend to n notice more of the numbers before of the quality of life. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that, but uh, I, I would say that my life got definitely uh, more stressful uh, since I moved here mm -hmm. than it was before um, yeah. because of that. So, mm -hmm. And we were talking in the car the other day, you and me, and I was like, well, you did move to one of the most stressful cities in all of America, so... That's, that's very <laughs> true. I don't, think I, I don't think I started with the easiest city uh, in the U.S. Well, like now that you've made it in California or in Los Angeles, you can move anywhere in the U.S. and be like, oh, this is a piece of cake. It's fine. <laughs> it's not even a thing. But, I'm sure of um, that. So do you like America? Do you like living here? Um, I Well, so I'm a very driven person. Um, mm -hmm. So I love being in Los Angeles for the opportunities, and that's why I stayed longer than I thought I would. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy film it's literally what i'm um you know living mm -hmm. for so um I, I love being careful of that but if yeah. that wasn't part of my life i don't think it would stay in a i just i don't really see a reason to be in california if you're in los angeles california is actually one of the coolest states we have um mm -hmm. but los angeles it, it's so i don't know i guess saturated for lack of a better word 
Yeah. With because like cities have their own culture, but I just don't see a lot of specific culture from Los Angeles other than uh, film industry. Yeah. Which I actually enjoy it. I love that there is such rich history in Los Angeles for the film industry and television industry and music industry because that I have a history degree and I just I eat yeah. it all that I eat it up. But yeah, I don't see why you'd be here if you're not in the industry. <laughs> That's right. Well see if if film wasn't part of my life and I had the chance to live in the US, I I would stay in California for weather, but I would mm-hmm. probably go to something smaller like Santa Barbara or yeah. you know, where you can actually feel like you are in mm-hmm. a smaller city and you yeah, or like tahoe where you could ski in this in the winter yeah find something that is a good compromise between uh mm-hmm. here and france and um i think it'll be better um but again i the only, i don't mind it just because of the, all of the studios and all the film here it's mm-hmm. for my career it's a good place to be so what's your favorite part of america um that's a tough question <laughs> besides uh, michelle castle <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part um wow i like old i like because um, you've seen it a little bit you went to the east coast too so you correct. saw was that the first time you saw just how vastly different yes the, the landscape is from from here to there and you yes know, everything so in between? i went to the east coast to meet uh michelle sparrant for uh-huh. the first time um uh, which by the way i just <laughs> want to say that i was expecting um almost a cliche of the american parents a bit, uh, you did know. They ma- did they match your expectations? And no, they were sweet and lovely. What did no you? So what do you persons. mean? What did you think they were gonna be? Okay, um, <laughs> so um, and I told that to Michelle, and she was laughing. Um, I told her that I was expecting some, I don't know, you know, um, some. How do I say that? Um, some like. Um, People close-minded or... Oh, so you thought they were going to be like conservative and yes. like loving Trump and, yes, and all that? Maybe not that <laughs> far, but just maybe, you know, the people that would only speak English and would say... Because I met some people here from LA that says, oh, I don't need to learn another language than English because mm-hmm. English is the one language everybody speaks. And, yeah. You know, so close-minded people mm-hmm. and, and to say, oh, French people are weird because they eat snails and you know stuff like that so i was i tried that that. when i was in paris it was fine yeah see Um, i I mean i don't care for it but it wasn't like disgusting it was like a garlic balloon yeah well (laughs) my point here is you're open-minded you try stuff unfortunately i wish everybody could be like that i feel like it's you know it's always fantastic when you come to a conversation even if you don't like it Mm -hmm. you tried it you know so you could say i tried it i'm you know i'm a Mm -hmm. better person or i tried that um but so i was i was scared of that um but (laughs) i actually met them they're lovely lucky for you too and this maybe i mean not that this is what you know mr and mrs castle would would do but Everybody seems to have the the in their notion that everybody from France is just incredibly sophisticated and fashionable and and cosmopolitan, and you are to an extent, but you're not you're not that you know you're not a walking mime, you know, (laughs) and Uh, you don't have a cousin who's a mime and in the town square. So, but that's what people think of in France and you don't eat baguettes. Like I eat more baguettes than you do. I think (laughs) that's probably true. Well, I'll say this though. Um, when I grew up, my parents used to have one bread a day. Um, that's the nature of the thing is because, Mm -hmm. and, and it's, I don't know if it's a culture thing or just, but everybody in France would get once a day a fresh, uh, a fresh bread. Oh, so, okay. So that is a cliche so that rings true. That's pretty much true. <laughs> yes. Um, and I'm not doing that just because I guess I would need to be nearby a nice French, um, mm-hmm. bakery that does a, a good French bread. Yes. Yes. That's right. <laughs> um, but, um, because it's not the case in LA, you get a good places to find a good bread. Mm-hmm. It's the only reason I'm not doing it. But if I would live next to one, I pretty much get a good bread once a day yeah that's for sure yeah see and they did have a lot of french bread like french bakeries in new york i remember there was one down the street from me um but yeah so you met their michelle's family yes and so and from what i gather because i facetimed with (laughs) y'all when -hmm. you were on the east coast a lot that's right they weren't welcomed you warmly huh they like yeah they were very nice um i i really love them uh they're like the sweetest people i Mm -hmm. could have dreamed for Um, yeah see i've never met them in person but i've i've talked to them on facetime and everything so and you know what's funny is now they're starting to learn french are they really well i am too (laughs) 
Well, there you go. <laughs> and um, I had been wanting to learn French forever. And then, of course, being in Southern California, the most useful second language I could we could learn would be Spanish. Yeah. But I always wanted to learn French. And then COVID happened and everybody got a hobby mm-hmm. for COVID. So yeah. I was like, French is mine. I'm on w- day 124. Good job. Of learning French from That's Duolingo. Um, but I think I'm doing okay. I don't, yeah. I don't think I'm like... Well, you and I started to speak yeah. in French, so you're doing great. You, mm-hmm. just, you get it right. And, and I'm, right. I'm retaining, I guess. Like, I just remembered, I was you were like the bakery, and I'm like the boulangerie. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, I'm not ready to have a full conversation with you yet, because Soon. I do try, and then you say, no, 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 and then no, 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 and then no, no, no. I'm like, that's never right. mind, just forget it. Let's <laughs> just talk in English. You're fluent in both. Um, but, yeah, did you like the East Coast? Um, I did. Um, it reminds me of South of France, um, mm-hmm. just because it's, um, how do I say it? More green, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, greener. Um, but, um, yeah, it looks a lot like where I come from too. It's very green and yeah. wet uh, sometimes. Yeah. So I, I liked it, um, very much and the freeways are smaller and it feels more like mm-hmm. nader ish and less, um, and less like city or like less urban. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I liked it very much. Um, but it was my first time before uh, meeting Michelle's parents. I've never been to East Coast at all. Yeah. So, so you um, came straight from France to here. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I did before to in terms of um, visits um, uh, is New Orleans for Halloween. And oh, you did go to New Orleans? Yes. But oh, that wow. was like, the just I'd never been outside of the city. So we flew with a couple of friends for Halloween like two years ago, three years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, went there for Halloween. Right, just saw the city, but nothing outside the city. Yeah. So it's like I went to one city to another. So it was it was nice. I mm-hmm. loved. I've I loved never it. even been to New Orleans, and I was well raised six hours from there. Well, there you go. So, so it, real nice. <laughs> this big French there, by uh-huh. the way. Yeah, so. it's one of that. That is the second French city in America. Actually, Mobile, Alabama, is the first French city in really? all of America. Mm-hmm. Gotta go there, man. The first Mardi Gras was in Mobile. Okay, but. Of course, New Orleans was like, hold my beer. Let me show you what I can do. <laughs> and they, hands down, best Mardi Gras for sure. But yeah, wow. they speak, there's a whole, there's whole communities in, um, in fr- Louisiana that speak French. Okay. Creole and yeah, all that. That's correct. So, and Haiti, like Haiti is, yeah. they speak a lot of French in Haiti. And they're, those are sort of the, some of the same people, the Creole living in that's right. New Orleans and Haiti. I mean, it's a terrible history for some of them, but there they are. They have a French culture that's right here. That's that's very true. Um, so anyway, so I done I've done that, and then my parents came the first time to visit me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was 2017, and we went to um, uh, Santa Barbara. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that's where all the rich people live. Yeah, well, that's why it's nicer. <laughs> yeah, uh, that makes sense. That's where Ellen DeGeneres, Oprah, she lives in Santa Barbara. That makes sense. Yeah. So I enjoyed that, and then uh, later I did with my uh, my mom. Um, I think it was 2018. We went to um, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I've never been to San Francisco either. You're you're living a better American life than I am. Well, at this point, <laughs> you know, if you would be living in France and like mm-hmm. somehow you know that your papers are ending in like I don't know two years from now. Yeah. Don't you want to like try to? Yeah, see I'd a go bit to Italy. America? I'd go to Spain yeah, again. I'd try. I'd go to Switzerland. I'm dying to go to Switzerland because I want to ski in Switzerland. Nice. But first I have to learn to ski. Yeah. I'll help you with that. (laughs) I heard you're a great ski instructor. So I'll help you with that. So yeah. Um, that's what I want to do. I want, after COVID is over, I want to travel some, maybe go up to Lake Tahoe in the winter and we can maybe ski. I would love that. Yeah. I'll be nice. Um, I don't know. Do you think Michelle and Ethan are going to be good skiers? Um, so what's one of the things Michelle was telling you that she did a bit of a ski, but she's like, kind Lumsy. of, yeah. So I, I'm I don't want to speak ill of someone who's not here to defend herself. No, I love Ethan, her. But Ethan's, a, Ethan's clumsy too. There you go. <laughs> and See. I, I think I'll, I think I'll take pretty well to skiing because I was sort of, cause I was telling you in the hot tub, I was raised in a very athletic family. Mm-hmm. I am the least athletic in my athletic <laughs> family for sure. But still, when I like look at other people who are not athletic at all, I'm like, oh, I've got something. I've got a, I've got a little bit. So I'm ready. I'm ready to try That's it out. That's good. Um, yeah, I think it'll be nice if we all go t- together. Did you pick up any 
hobbies during COVID? Huh. Because I did. Because, you know, because Michelle and I were both like, let's do something. And I picked up the crochet kits. I picked up French. I picked, yeah. I brought my guitar back from Alabama for over the holidays. I, started, I bought a book, uh, Piano for Dummies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to change everything. Did you do any of that? Well, you know what's funny is um, uh, it's actually a good question because when when COVID first happened here in in, in LA at least, um, uh, suddenly a lot of people found themselves just staying at home and mm-hmm. having nothing to do, For and kind of going crazy doing it. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly that, and that's what happened to my girlfriend. Um, you know, suddenly she was out of job and just staying at home, mm-hmm. and so it was a big change for her. For me, it wasn't really, and I'll tell you why. Um, since, uh, I'm, I'm an international student, mm-hmm. uh, most of the stuff that I do is I do it from home as a filmmaker, yeah. right? So it, it didn't really impact me so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, I was, instead of being time to time, um, um, in class, um, for, um, you know, my student visa and all of that, um, I just did my classes at home. So yes, mm-hmm. I was going less places than I was before, but the work was still the same. So uh, while I was keep working just from my desk in my place and not going out and stop mm-hmm. exercising. Um, I did see that as a change in you. Like r- I witnessed that. In really? You. Like you were very, what my, cause this might be a stereotype of Europeans that I'm adhering to with this, but my understanding of Europeans that they weren't as concerned with their homes as Americans are. At all, like they, because they still have this sort of community orientation that mm-hmm. I don't think we have in America much as much anymore. Like you, like you said, your parents go down to the bakery and get their bread every day. Yeah, that like we go to the we go to Walmart to buy our bread. We don't do we don't go down to the local bakery and yeah, you know right. Jean Pierre does not tell me that he just baked this new loaf and you've got to try it. Like we don't have that relationship and. Europeans, they go to the pub after work. They go to the bakery. They go to restaurants to eat. They go to the cinema. Yeah. They do all these things outside of their home. And I could, and that was sort of the way that you, so much so that in your last apartment, you're like, I don't need the living room. So you rented it out to another person. And now I see it in you. You're very particular about your nesting habits here in your home. Well, you know, <laughs> and that's not a dig. That's not a bad thing because that's like, ah, cause I'm the same way you saw we're, we're kind of parallel in the fact that the two couples are moving to new apartments around the same time that's because right. that's another thing that COVID really put into everybody. You really got to give a crap about your house because that's right. Like it's very, cause we don't, cause just like that, you could be stuck in it for a year. So we're very particular, but do you, do you realize that about yourself that you, you're, you became American through COVID <laughs> in I, well, that way. I, I think so, you know, and uh, and I think you and I talked a bit about it before is um, over the years, I kind of adjusted myself to mm-hmm. the culture here. And I noticed just for example, um, I, was, I think I told you that um, when I first come in, I came uh, in the country, I started to watch uh, The Office, the U.S. version. Mm-hmm. And I did not like it. I, I found it very, the humor was dry. It was not funny to me. Yeah. I mean, I was like, why? So I stopped watching it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was four years later. Um, I, I, I did, I, I don't know why. I think I gave it as a go for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I found, I found myself laughing. And I watched the <laughs> so whole you, show. You really like, so you saw those two I points. That, so you're like, yeah. oh, this is different. It's, it's my kind of humor now because yeah. I've been here for four years. Yeah, that kind of stuff. So, so it really, I think I, I slowly changed, you know. Mm-hmm. And obviously when you speak a certain language, uh, you start to think in another language. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I'm losing my French slowly. So, uh, yeah, you were trying to tell me something. You couldn't remember how to say it in French. And I was like, what, how do you lose a whole language? Yeah, that's, that's, and that's it. But I mean, we're having a very, there is no pause whatsoever between in our conversation because you understand English that much and you use it every day and you don't use French every day, I guess. No. Do you still think in French though? Are you thinking English? Uh, I'm try. I'm trying to. I'm <laughs> forcing myself to, um, as mm-hmm. much as I can. So to answer your question, if I, um, if I still, I'm trying to as much as I can to force myself to still think in French, but mm-hmm. I definitely, um, I am losing it, and I'll tell you why. Um, just because 
I practice my French maybe like an hour a day, mm-hmm. and the rest of the time with Michelle, we're speaking in English. And, yeah. Or you know, when you go out, you speak English. Mm-hmm. So it's like a muscle. Any language yeah. is like a muscle. Do you want to know something? Tell me. I've because I've been studying French, and I and I really want to do it. Like I'm I'm not like. There are days when I do like do a lot of French, like, yeah. but then there's days when I just kind of get on the app and do my do my requirements and then I'm done because I just want to get the credit for that day or whatever. Yeah. But I'm finding that I am starting to think in French Oh, <laughs> because yesterday at work I have to because I've, I've been honest on the podcast about what my day job is now. I'm at Dodger Stadium helping to va- vaccinate. And there was a Spanish couple who I was try- having to talk to, and I was trying to talk to them in Spanish because I know a little Spanish as well. And I started speaking French at them. Damn, that's nice. <laughs> they were they gave me something that said "merci beaucoup," and they was like, "I mean, gracias." That's funny. <laughs> and they were like, "What?" And I was like, "I'm sorry." I. That's funny. My brain is. It, yeah. It's very interesting if you just do a little bit of commitment to it mm-hmm. your brain does start to get differently wired yeah. very fast so yeah. it, and you know. so i can see how not using french for a week could just like screw up your brain yeah a little it, bit towards it again it's just like a muscle you know more you're gonna develop it and better mm-hmm. you're gonna be able to speak different languages but um yeah and you know i was on the phone um again um, um today with my mom um, before you 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 came mm-hmm. and um there's some words but I'm losing it and or I'm using different words now I start to translate in the wrong stuff in French and it doesn't work so <laughs> that, that yeah do you want to talk about that <laughs> sure I mean because <laughs> that was my favorite story okay so a while ago um so usually I fly home once a year for Christmas mm-hmm. and for about a week um my French is very bad so every time I fly home for the first week of Christmas I can't speak proper French uh, or I'm translating words, you know. So in French, you switch, for example, a blue table. In French, it'll be a table blue, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So for a week, I'm like trying to adjust my brain and my thoughts and all of that. And uh, during that week, one time, uh, what happened is um, I wanted to tell my uh, my uh, parents that uh, I, I wanted to go to a store to buy uh, some um, body wash. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was uh, trying to save some money here, so I would get it in France. It was cheaper than mm-hmm. in LA. Save some money, put it in my luggage, come back here with it. And I told her, you know, in English here, it's body wash. Yeah. And what I did is I translated the word body and the, uh, and the word wash yeah. in French. So you did a direct translation, and yes. that's not what they call it in and, France. And in, in, in France, uh, it's, it's called uh, gel douche. Gel douche. So yes. like douche gel. Yes. Because douche is shower in French. That's correct. So <laughs> see different words. So and which we do say shower gel here in the US, but body wash is yeah. what is most common. So I literally translated that by um Lafcor. <laughs> and it makes no sense. Um, and ever since, my parents are making mm-hmm. fun of me with his words. Um, every time we're talking about that, they say, do you want some left girl? So every time you come home now, they're like, would you like some more body wash? Yeah, that's exactly that. <laughs> and roll their eyes and yeah. laugh at you and yeah. make you feel this big because you're you're the boy. Yeah. Because <laughs> you only have one sister, right? That's correct. So yeah, that's me too. I have one sister. Um, And how old is your sister? She's younger than me, so uh, I'm 20. I'm about to be 26, and mm-hmm. she's 22. Oh, okay. And see, that's interesting because my sister is older than me, and I'm 33, and she's 37. That's so cute. She's about to be 38. So nice. Yeah, I'm, my my family's a little older. You met my mom. Yeah, so you're gonna meet sweet. her. You're gonna see her in person next month. She's excited to see you. And my aunt is excited to see you because you have a French accent, <laughs> and my aunt. Um, is pretty much the carbon copy of what it means to have a Southern accent. Yeah. You told like, me about that. You're cause I'm sure if the French, French people would look, listen to your accent and be like, that's not a French accent or Southern people will listen to my accent. And they're like, that's not a Southern accent. Yeah. But when we come together at this table, it's French and Southern <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So that's right. what kind of movies do you want to make? Do you have do you have a thought of like what you gravitate towards or do you are you just open? Open to it and do the work. Mm, well, so I know we talked about the fact that I want to try different things and mm-hmm. and you know, um uh, again I'm, I'm just starting, but 
um, I, I still wanted to challenge myself and try different genres. So what I did before is um, in the few stuff that I tried to do, um, I, I, I directed a, a drama. I did a uh, adventure short and then I did a sci-fi short mm -hmm. and then and now I'm about to do comedy. So I'm trying I'm different things. I'm very excited about the comedy. Thank you. Well, me too. Um, <laughs> I'm also nervous because comedy, mm -hmm. in my opinion, is the hardest. Oh, um, yeah. It really, truly is. Yeah. Because, I mean, comedy, there's only one goal in mind, to make people laugh. Yeah. And with drama, you can you can make people think, and you can make you can touch their heart, That's right. and you can. But there you. But the thing is, you got to do all that too in a comedy. But you also have to make them laugh, or else yep. it's a flop. Yeah. <laughs> so and doing that in you know a language that is not yours mm -hmm. is difficult. Um, well, so. and we were talking uh, about Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. And there's there him and there's there's a foreign quote unquote foreign directors. They have lots of success here in LA or in America. Well, so you're going to be great. Oh, thank you. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I've done, uh, I've done different genres cause I wanted to push the, my limits and see mm -hmm. what I can actually do. Mm -hmm. Um, um, to really try, you know, just because I don't want to stay in my comfort zone, but, um, the film, but it looks like I'm always more into, um, are the adventures, uh, mm -hmm. movies, the one that grabs you by the hand, by, you know, the one that, if I can say, grab you by your hand and then bring you some place, mm -hmm. some take new you journey. on a journey. Yeah. yeah. So um, I grew up with all of the Indiana Jones movies, um, Riders of the Lost Ark, and and that was Indiana Jones for the <laughs> yes. for the for the accent translation. Yes, because you said Indiana right. Jones the other night, and I was like, "You're what now?" Yeah. <laughs> and Ethan was like, "Indiana Jones," and I was like, oh, "Yeah, okay." Not to no, you're fine. Poke at your accent, but you you're did fine. You run it together on that one, but um. Yeah, get it's work charming. Now oh, say it again. You. Now people be like, "Oh, okay." Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. <laughs> I like it. Thank you. Um, but uh, yes, <laughs> it, it looks like um, I'm more into that. And I'll say one mm -hmm. of the reasons is because um, um, a good adventure that makes mm -hmm. you escape is what always allowed me to um, kind of get away from my problems, mm -hmm. um, especially when I was a kid because I I had some. Um, uh, I was in a hospital bed when I was a kid, so yeah. the only way for me to really get away from all of this was movies, and that's kind of how it started for me. So adventure movies was the one thing that mm -hmm. would allow me, you know, um, uh, Dr. Jones would have to go after a, a mysterious artifact somewhere mm -hmm. and all that, so i always been into that. And What's your favorite Indiana Jones movie? Ah, oh, that's tough. I love the first one and the third. Mine is The Last Crusade. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a very good one with the father. I really like this one, too. Yep. Um, the, you know, but I will say this. Um, the third one is a better, in my opinion, story. Mm -hmm. um, especially in the writing point of view, just because um, if the first one, if you take Indiana Jones out of the story, the story still happens. Yeah, Do you that's true. That? I never thought about that. Yeah. That's so okay. See now you're now I'm gonna have to go back and watch them again yeah. because Ethan I know Ethan's never seen Indiana Jones movies. So okay, we'll have to do. Uh, you've got because yeah. you've got. I mean, I wish that like there's tiny little crumbs of moments on this podcast that I wish that people could actually see it. Mm -hmm. And this is one of them. You have a setup. You you have a projector and how you're set. You're putting it together now. How big is the screen gonna be? Once it's done, it's over a hundred inches at least. Yeah. In this room, I mean, a projector. You depending on how far it is from the screen, but yeah, yours is going to be at least over a hundred inches. Yeah, which is a huge television. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, um, one of the things that I learned uh, um, back home is um, TV is technically considered um, uh, bad for your eyes. Um, because mm -hmm. you have lights coming towards oh, your sure. eyes, mm -hmm. and projectors better because the lights going uh, to the wall. Yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. So, and the other thing is, I've been moving a few times in LA, and I don't want it a TV because it's too big to carry. Mm -hmm. And also, bigger the screen you go, more expensive you you have to. But yeah. a projector, it all depends on the space um, you have, and you just need a flat wall that is bright or white, mm -hmm. and it works. It's it has for me it was it, was, it always was better. Plus, I'm a filmmaker, so having a projector is <laughs> like having your own. It's like having theater. a movie theater yeah. here, and I can't wait for the mini movies we're gonna watch here. Um, yeah. So you said that you had uh, health problems when you were a kid. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Sure. Um, so um, 
when I was a, I was, a, I think I was eight. Uh, I, um, I had a pain in my stomach. I didn't know necessarily what it was, but now I, I kind of know it. So it, it was in my liver. Um, what, um, and I don't know all the medical term. You're right. To explain you. <laughs> well, I'll, you won't find me correcting you because I have no idea. <laughs> well, all I know is uh, afterwards and growing up, I, I, I kind of um, understood it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, my liver uh, was not doing a proper job to process all the food. Oh, okay. Because, so, yeah, the liver is to filter out the yes, toxins. That, that's correct. Because, you, know, you know, if there's toxins in your food, it's going to filter everything out and yep. keep your whole system clean. That's correct. So, okay, maybe I do know medic- medicine. I should have gone to med school, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, because we, we wouldn't be heroes otherwise. Right, exactly. That I would... I would have somebody would poop on a bed at one point or another. And I'd be like, I'm done. I quit. Who do I turn my notice into? Cause this is not yeah. what I was signed up for. It was only about right. <laughs> um, but because of that, yeah. So, um, what ended up happening is all the toxin get uh, stuck uh, there and it kind of created this ball mm-hmm. of toxins, if mm-hmm. I could say. And, and, and that created and generated some pain. So I was pretty much always, um, holding my, my, my stomach there mm-hmm. on that pain. So they brought me to the hospital, and I stayed there for three weeks. Um, oh, wow. And nobody knew what I had. Uh, nobody could tell. So they had to send some um, uh, medical expert from um, the U.S. Mm-hmm. to examine me because it was like a rare, I was a rare case. Like nobody knew exactly wow. what I had. Yeah. Um, so after three weeks, they finally figured it out. It's something that's kind of common to older people. But mm. they never seen on, on a kid at the time. Um, and that was like 2005, 2004, 2005. You were like eight in 2005? Yeah. Oh, my God. I graduated high school in 2005. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, so because of that, um, I had to switch different hospitals mm-hmm. into different city. It was... I don't remember most of it, uh, to be honest. I think right. I kind of erased it. But yeah, that's... But the, and the thing is, when you have a three week stay in the hospital as an eight year old. I think about this a lot now for some reason, and I don't know why, but time, the the relevance of time, like a year to us, we've been in quarantine for a year and yeah. for, for COVID, but a year to a child, like a year to me, 30, I'm 33. So one year is one thirty third yeah. of my life. And to a kid, a year is one eighth of a, of their entire lifetime. Yeah. And so a three week stay in the hospital for an adult would not be nearly as detrimental. And like, it's a long time real in relative terms. Three weeks is a long time for a kid in the hospital. And also it's a long time for you to not know what's wrong with you. Yeah. And so that's a, that's a traumatic experience for a child. Yeah. Um, so um, I don't remember all of it because, as I was telling you, I think my memory kind of, um, um, you know, I guess uh, put it stuff away, mm-hmm. if I could say. And you watched movies and yeah. fell in love with Indiana Jones. and <laughs> Yeah. So that that's the part that I remember is people coming over a lot and offering me like VHS Mm-hmm. Um and uh, watching movies in the hospital, but yeah. I was a lot in and out because what they were trying a lot of oper- uh, like how you call that operations. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so you had a lot of surgeries. Yeah, they did a lot because they're trying different stuff, and mm-hmm. the problem is it kept coming back also. So they didn't know how to cure so, it. So yeah, they might even if they know what it where it is, why did it do that? That, that's that's a whole different situation. They, they didn't know. And then it took them a while to figure out that it's something that older um, people would uh, experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so they tried something else. So at the end of three weeks, um, they finally um, tried um, um, to have some medicine directly, if I can say, injected there mm-hmm. to um, to cure that. And, and then uh, at I would have to go back to the hospital once a week to get more treatment and all that for a full oh, time. Oh, and they had to do that? Yeah. For how long? Uh, it took about, I don't remember exactly, but I would say, because uh, was it was in March when I was there. I remember that. I was in March. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it, it took about six months to follow up. Wow. To go there. And then and over how often time, did you go? Well, at the beginning, it was for the next three months. It was like once a week I would have yeah. to go there. And then after that, they, separ- they spaced them. Mm-hmm. They spaced my visit to the hospital, so I would go but only still, once a that's, month. It's a, that's enough for you to now look back at your childhood and know that hospitals and doctors' offices was a huge part of your childhood. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. that's why I hate a hospital now. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, uh, but yeah, it was it was a tough time for everybody, including my family, because my parents were because of that. You know, having problems and fighting, mm-hmm. and and uh, you have a sister, and I have a sister who is just fine, and she needs parents to. Yeah help you know to be her parents and and that's hard on parents to have to split time between because they know that it's scary for their son in the hospital but also yeah your sister what's her name lucy lucy oh Mm -hmm. and i showed you i love lucy does that remind you of your sister now oh that's so great yeah um but yeah so you're and you're healthy now but no so everything went away and uh you know so what i one of the things that i notice is uh usually when i when I eat like heavy food, mm-hmm. I tend to uh, eat it less of it to kind of do just you be eat liver? Careful. I do. I, I like my it. mother, she because my my family has uh, a history of low iron, and okay. so my I will not eat chicken livers. But my mother will eat chicken livers from KFC. Like she'll be like, "Give me some chicken livers," and that because that helps with your liver and your iron yeah. and all that. So, was it? Do you have trouble with your iron? No, not necessarily. Everything is fine now, but um, I just I tend to notice that I'm having yeah. a hard time to process heavy food, um, like heavy cheese or stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I just sometimes eat less, or if I do eat a lot of it, I try to eat after some salads or stuff yeah. that's gonna help me process and digest. Mm-hmm. So well, that's that's fantastic. That's that's so interesting that yeah. you've been through that and. Now you're a storyteller because of that. Yeah, because of that. Because I, but I, I'm the same with you as you. I, television was a big part of my childhood. My grandmother, she used to, um, she used to let me watch TV with her, and that's one of my favorite memory or first memory actually in life was watching I Love Lucy with my grandmother. That's and nice. that was sort of that's why that became and people who know me for real in real life is like, oh, Kyle, he loves Lucy. He Lucille Ball. That's his. I'm I market myself now in Hollywood as a Lucille Ball expert. Nice. Because I mean I I'm, I know more than anybody else I know. That's true. Um but yeah, growing up it it became television shows that were my go-to to you you loved the adventures of these movies. I loved the ability to keep coming back to these characters time and again and just be becoming friends with them yeah. and stuff. So that's why I was um so interested in television and now that's what I want to do with my life. So perhaps one day this podcast will become world famous because who knows the number one director and actor on television is hanging out with the number one director in all of Hollywood on a podcast. Who knows? Why not? Dreams come true, right? That's true. There was an episode of I Love Lucy I wanted to show you because I've I've shown you a few episodes. That's right. Um, but there's one that I was like, why did I not think to show Flo that? Because he would find it so funny. They're in uh, Europe, and Lucy gets arrested in France. I think I would. I mean, really, somebody's gonna slap me for not knowing for sure 100. percent But I just pulled it off the top of my head. But I think she's in France. She gets counterfeit money. She gets counterfeit francs because at the time in the 50s, they still use francs. They didn't use euros. Is that correct? That's correct, right? In the 50s? Yes. I think so. Um, so she gets counterfeit money. She gets arrested and she goes to this uh, jail, but they, they don't speak French. But Ricky speaks Spanish because mm-hmm. he's Cuban. So there's a Frenchman. The French police officer has a prisoner who speaks French and Spanish, or no, French and German. And then there's another um, officer who speaks German and Spanish. And so they're translating from one to the other yeah. until they get to Lucy. And I'm like, oh, I've got to show this to Flo. Yeah, he I would love watch this, this one. episode. And it's just so funny because they keep yelling through each other. And it's it's hilarious. So we're going to have to watch, watch that. that. Yes. Um, but yeah, so... I am just pleased as punch that you and I have become such good friends because, you know, it started as you're dating a girl and I'm her best friend and That's you're right. my best friend's boyfriend. But then, as I think it should be, um, we've gotten to really know you and I helped you move into this place and you and Michelle have offered so kindly and profusely to help us move into our oh, new yeah, apartment. Of course. But we're, we're hiring movers because... I can't it's do easier. that. And yeah. my mother, she's like, I'm going to get you some movers today. And I was like, yeah. you don't have to do that. And she goes, I do what I want with my money. So well, <laughs> so we're going to have movers. But I can't wait for the movie nights and the television marathons. Me too. And more games, more game nights. 
And cheese. I want yes. more cheese. Because okay. you all have good cheese in this house because you're a Frenchman. We're going to make you try um, vaclet. I think vaclet. Like it. It, that's, uh, that sounds familiar. What is that? So, um, uh, la raclette is um, a cheese that it's kind of a f- a fondue, but the difference is um, it's very winterish in south of uh, France. Um, so, what you do is. Um, so, it's kind of like the concept of being wintry. Like we here, we're like, hot cocoa, it's cold outside. Y'all are yeah. like vaclette because it's cold outside. Yeah, so <laughs> you have this uh, metal uh, um, heater, mm-hmm. and what you do is you put the cheese on it and melts, and in your plate, while that happens, you put some uh, charcuterie, and you put some like potatoes or bread, and you um, once your cheese is melted, mm-hmm. you pour it on top of uh, everything I just mentioned, and you wrap all of that up and you eat all of that. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that what Michelle got you for your birthday? That's correct, or for, yes. No, Valentine's Day. Yes, Valentine's Day. Because your birthday Day. has not come up yet. Because we yeah. actually have our birthdays in the same week. Yep. We're great. both Tauruses, born in April. So, and that's to me, that's the most special people on earth, I think. But Aww. that's just my opinion because I can. But, yeah, we're going to do some movie nights and some vocalit and yeah. lots of stuff. But... For this episode, I just wanted to introduce people to my new friend because that's Aww. that's the whole point of this conversation that I have on this show is it's I want it to be like a conversation with a friend. And people have told me that's that's what this show is about. So now everybody, all my listeners, have a new friend in Florent Cognac. Wow. Well, but we you. call it but we call him Flo. Um, but will you come back sometime and talk? Talk movies. I want to talk to you all about movies sure. next time. Sounds good. I'd love That's to be back. awesome. I love it. Thank you. And if you would like to subscribe and rate this show on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, that would be great because that means more people will be able to find us and hear about us. And also, if you are eligible, you should be getting your vaccines, wear your masks, stay six feet apart, and keep you, keep each other safe. And maybe we'll see each other out there once we're vaccinated. Sounds good. Au revoir. Au revoir.